We are on Dafnun Aleph, Ahmed Aleph, two lines, three lines from the top, uh, the Mishnah. We learned. Let's say you didn't do Hatmana, you didn't do the installation during the daytime, then you can't cover it in the after the Shabbos comes in, once it's dark. And that's even with something, even with insulation, that's not going to add any heat. On Shabbos, you can't do it even with something. Not going to add heat. Kisav in Iskala, let's say that he, that he had covered, he had done that month of Iskala and it became uncovered. Mutal chasoso, then you're allowed to cover it on Shabbos. Another thing we learn is Mamali esakiton, when I say the tachasakala tachasakasas. According to Rashi, this means that you can fill up a flask with cold water. And you can put it under these cushions, these various types of cushions that are made out of, for example, felt that doesn't add heat. And you're using it in order to in order to uh, keep these things cold. You don't want to you don't want them to get hot. So this is called hatman of tsone, and you want to keep the cool cool and not let it heat up, according to Rashi. He says you're allowed to. Um, he says you're allowed to. Insulate something that's cold, just the din that we spoke about. I'm Rabbi Yosef, my Kamashmans. We said, listen, what's the Kiddush? That's obvious. That's what we did. That we learned. Tanina, we learned in the Mishnah. We learned the person's allowed to fill up a flask with cold water, a pitcher of cold water, and put it under these various types of cushions in order to keep it cool. Amalea Baya. So Baya says, no, Tuba Kamashman, he came to tell us a lot. There is a novel point. Even though the Mishnah told us that we can do Atmana with this flask of cold water, he taught us something bigger. Why? Because from the Mishnah, Havi Amin, I would have thought, Hanimili Bedavashin Darkalahatmin. I would think, when can, you, when, when can you insulate something to keep it cool? By something that you usually wouldn't insulate to make it hot. So, for example, a, a, a flask of water. When it came to something, let's say, like a cooked dish, which you normally would put under the insulation in order to heat it up, lo, I would think you can't do it even to cool it. No, he says, even what? He says, in general, everything, not just the example of the dish where it's water, but even a cooked dish, or even a dish of cooked food, you're also allowed to insulate to keep cool. It came to teach that even that you're allowed to keep cool, and we don't wear, we're not concerned that maybe you'll come and do insulation for hot. Am Rav Huna, Am Rabbi. Rav Huna said the name Rabbi Oslat Benesatzon, and he said we have the quote of Rabbi that said that you're not allowed to insulate something to keep for cool to keep it cool. Gemara says I bought time Rabbi Tilat Benesatzon. He says what are you talking about? Didn't we learn? We learned explicitly in a brayso the Rabbi said you can do insulation for cold. So Gemara says don't worry. When we learned that he said it was for the bidden, that's before he'd heard the teaching of Yishmael Rabbi Yossi, which we'll see in a minute. And when he taught that it was permissible uh, to insulate cold, after he heard the teaching of Rabbi Yishmael Rabbi Yossi. What is that? He called the Yossi, Rabbi Omar. Like we learned, this is a famous story. Rabbi was sitting and he said, It's forbidden to insulate cold to keep it cool. So said, Abba, he said, he says, father, his father, Rabbi Yossi, he said that it was permissible to insulate the cold, to keep it cold. So he said, so Rabbi said, he gave tremendous cover to the father. He said, he said, he says, the elder has already, has already ruled. And therefore what the halacha is going to be like, he said that, that it's permissible to insulate the cool, to keep it cool. Says, Papa says, well, look at how they cherished each other. It's true. They loved it. You see, it's the way of to praise each other and to honor each other. Right? Had Rabbi Yossi been alive, the truth is, Rabbi Yossi, who was greater than Rabbi, no matter what, when he was alive, he would have, he would have 
uh, he would have had subjugated himself and sat before Rebbe and not paskin the halacha in front of him, even though Rabbi Yossi was elder and more, more, uh, to, to Rebbe. Because even his son, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi, was the was the fulfiller of his of his father's place, and he too was greater than Rabbi. The and he himself also, even though he was greater, he he bent himself down and he sat before Rabbi. He subjugated himself. The Kamar, and still after all that, they 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 gave the cover to Rabbi. The Kamar and Rabbi said, the elder has already passed. You see, a tremendous, a tremendous, um, tremendous honor of one to the other. I heard a story, we have a minute, I'll tell you, I heard a story that Rabbi Naftali Trapp, who uh, uh, was a Rosh Hashiva, famous Rosh Hashiva in the Yeshiva of Raden by the Chavetz Chaim. So they came to uh, Naftali Trapp to ask him to pask in a halacha, so he didn't want to, you know, but he didn't want to because the Chavetz Chaim was there. So the Chavetz Chaim told Rabbi Naftali Trapp, no, pask in. So Rabbi Naftali Trapp said, okay, quickly, bring me a Mishnabura. <laughs> Nachman said to Daro, his servant, number one, he said, here, insulate cold for me on Shabbos. You see, that's what he held you could. And bring me water that was heated by a non-Jewish cook. So it was both of those are heterium, one, that it's mutter to, to, to insulate that way. And secondly, that that's not considered bishalakam. That's that the second case where he took hot water that was heated by a non-Jewish a cook that he held that that's not subject to the prohibition of cooking of non-Jews that the rabbis pro- pro- prohibited, they prohibited us to eat from. I ikbid, okay, pardon me. Rabbi Asi ikbid. Rabbi Asi heard and he was he was stringent about. It. He was unhappy about. He was unhappy about Rav, what Rav Nachman did. I'm Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef said, "My time at ikbid. What is he ikbid about?" Rabbi understand. Rav Nachman is doing just like his rabbis taught. Chadik Rav, Chadik Shmuel. One of these halachas was like what he learned from Rav, and one was like he learned from Shmuel. Shmuel, what is it that he learned from Shmuel? Dom Rabbi Huda Shmuel. He said, "Mutal happiness that's something." Shmuel paskin that you're allowed to insulate cold on cold on Shabbos. So that so they have cold for cold on Shabbos. So that's what that's what Rav Nachman did. And the second case, which was obviously wasn't a Shabbos day, Karav was like Shab. It was like Rav that said what that you're allowed to you're allowed to eat water. You're allowed to eat water that was heated by. Non-Jew, even though we have a prohibition against the cooking of non-Jews, don't rob Shmuel by Yitzchak. I'm rob because Rav, because we learned the name of Rav. Koshu nechal komoshu chai. Anything that can be eaten as it as it is raw, there's no prohibition of cook of the cooking of non-Jews even when they cooked it, since water is drinkable raw without being cooked. So that even when a non-Jew cooked it, it's not in the prohibition that the rabbis prohibited eating the food of cooked by a non-Jew. Okay, Ivahu. So then what? So then so if that's all true, and Rav Nachman was following his rabbis, so. Why was Rabbi Ami unhappy with what he did? So for Adam Chashiv Shalu, because he feels that an important person, important personage like Rav Nachman, has to be different. And why is that? That even though things are mutter, even if he takes advantage of things that are genuinely permissible, we're afraid that other people will see and they will be they will be lenient in places where they shouldn't be lenient. Even though he's being in a place where you're allowed to be lenient, if he'll be lenient where you can, other people will be lenient where you can't. We learned the, the following brisa, and this is an incredible brisa that even though we, even though you're not allowed to insulate in a thing that doesn't add heat once it's Shabbos, Let's say he did insulate before Shabbos, and now he wants to add to it on Shabbos. Once he insulated before Shabbos, Mosif, he's allowed to add. You're allowed to add to it on Shabbos. 
And how does he do it? Here's another heter, really. Where Shimon Gamliel says, here's another heter for Nozaliyat, here's another heter that Shimon Gamliel says. On Shabbos, Notel Sadinim, you can take the lighter coverings, and you can put on these heavier coverings on Shabbos, once you did it before. But Notel Saglufkin, or alternatively, you could take away the heavier coverings, and you can put on the lighter coverings. All three, that's another heter. Once you, once you, once you did everything before Shabbos. said another heter like this. Be also the prohibition of insulating even on Shabbos with a thing that doesn't add heat was only also with the pot itself that you heated up. But let's say, let's say you'd already emptied it from the pot and put it into another pot. Mutter, then you're, then you're allowed to do insulation with the second pot. And why is that? Because look, what's the whole reason that we that we forbid insulating with things that don't add heat on Shabbos? You're not really doing anything. The answer is that the rabbis are afraid that if you'll insulate the pot, you'll say, already, once you insulate it, you say, oh, let me heat it up quickly. You'll heat it on Shabbos. So therefore, that, that's why they said you can't insulate it with a thing that doesn't add heat. But over here he says the whole reason for the for the prohibition doesn't apply because you took it out of this pot where it was heated and put it to another pot. Now look, he's cooling it off by, by transferring pot to pot. And come and heat it up. He's keep cooling it by putting it from one pot to the other. Now he's allowed to insulate that second pot. We're not worried that he's going to heat it up. Let's say, Let's say a person insulated the surrounding of the pot and then covered, and we don't mean put on top of the cover, but there was no covering. Put as the covering on top of the pot an insulation that you're allowed to move on Shabbos. Oh, or alternatively, Talmud b'davrashen and into b'shabbos is first insulated with a thing that's muktza that 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 or, or, or muktza, but 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 he but he used it for insulation. The kisa b'davrashen into b'shabbos, but it's so long, it's st- but still he covered the pot literally. The cover of the pot was some insulation that is that is not muktza that you're allowed to move on shabbos. Hazanoto master, so the person can pick up the pot and put the pot back. Why, why is that? Because no matter what, one way or another, he's able to get the, he's able he's able to lift up the pot. Uh, he's able to lift up the pot. Uh, he's able to, pardon me, he's able to, since, since the pot cover is not muktzah, uh, he's able to take the cover off and lift the pot up and, and, and uh, do what he wants. No problem, he can put it back. But let's say he insulated and he covered it. The cover of the pot was also something that's muktzah. You're not allowed to carry in Shabbos. Oh, so you're not allowed to move. Oh, shetama b'davrashin to b'shabbos. Even if he insulated it with something that's movable, that's that's not mukta. The keys of b'davrashin to b'shabbos. But again, the point is now the cover in both of these cases is something that's mukta. The literal cover of the pot. Now the rule is like this: imaya megula mitzaso. If part of the pot of the cover of the of the cover of the pot was uncovered, in other words, the mukta covering wasn't covering the whole pot. No tilamaser. The guy's allowed to pick it up and he's allowed to put it back. Why? Because you see, because since the whole top of the pot is not covered, he can grab it by the rim. Okay, on the part that's not covered. Now, this is look. There's a lot of argument here with Rashi. This is how the beginning Shlomo explains it. He says, he says, since he, he, he the, there's a halacha we're going to learn and we, we're going to mention from Rashi that let's say you put a stone on a barrel before Shabbos. So if you didn't do it purposely, it's one thing. It's not a problem. It's not a busis. But if you left it there purposely. So then it is called a busis. It's a busis and it's and it's and, and the whole barrel is muksa, so you can't move it. So what's going on what's going on over here? But we but we but 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 we learned we, we learned uh we learned that if we learned that if a person that we learned pardon me one second. Uh I'm gonna say this properly. I mean I'm gonna be the Rashi one second. Uh here. We have a problem. Uh 
Ah, here's the Kashi. Rashi, that's going to be very quickly. We learned, uh, we learned, if you had a stone on top of a barrel on Shabbos, so you're allowed to lean the barrel to it, lean the barrel on its side, and the stone falls off. And not only that, but let's say let's say the barrel was amongst other barrels, you couldn't just tilt it. So you're allowed to lift the barrel up. Mabila matal you're allowed to lift it up and, and lean it to the side, and the and the stone falls off. So the answer is how so can we can't do the same thing over here? As we're gonna see in a second. We're gonna I'm, I'm gonna go back and read everything nicely inside. The answer is there's a difference between if you forgot it or you didn't forget it. So if you forgot it, there's no problem. If you just left it on, then the barrel didn't become a buses. But if you put it there purposely, so then the barrel is something that's also uh, something that's also. Nevertheless, even when you now over, what's the point over here? Where you put the covering on of mukta purposely, so the barrels are buses. So we all have a problem. Why is it even according even according to what Rashi answered? Why is it when it's partially? Why is it when it's partially uncovered? You're allowed to shake the cover off, and why not not? So the answer is. Let me just explain. It. I'm going to read it nicely inside. The answer is according to Miganishlomo like this: that the rule that we learn by the barrel. Remember, the original rule was the barrel with the stone. We said you can turn it to the side and shake the stake and let the stone fall off where it was left there, where it was left there not on purpose. Or we said you could even pick it up uh, from among the barrels and turn it to the side and let it fall off. According to the beginning Shlomo, according to the Rashi, at least here, the halachas, the halachas like this. The din that the din that for which you for, for the din that you need that, that the, the din of the barrel that's only lenient when you forgot, is the din of picking the barrel up, out, literally picking it up out of its place and then tilting it over. But even if you, didn't, even if you did it purposely, the din of just tilting it and letting, and letting the rock fall off without lifting it out of its place, that's mutter. So therefore, over here, that's what we're going to learn. The din is like this. When the muktzah cover is not completely covering the top of the pot and you can grab it by the rim and just tilt it to the side, that's mutter even when you put it there purposely. But when it's completely covered, since the only way to turn on the side is to be able to lift it up completely, that's also because the barrel is a basis for something that's muktzah. That's how the beginning Shlomo understands, understands the Rashi. So let me now read the whole thing inside. Let me read the whole thing inside properly, uh, and it's going to come out like this. Okay? However... Let me read that part again. If the person insulated and covered with something that's mukta on Shabbos, he's not allowed to carry. Even if the sides were insulated with something that you're allowed, that's mukta, you're allowed to move on Shabbos. But again, the point is here that you covered with something that is mukta, you're not allowed to move on Shabbos. Remember, those, the whole cover of the pot is something that's mukta. So now we learn. If it was partially uncovered, no then you can take it out and put it back. Why? Because you can grab the rim and tilt it and let the cover fall off. And then you're allowed to, and, and then and then you're fine. The imlav, however, if not, if not, if in other words, if it's not partially uncovered and there's no way to just tilt it, you'd have to lift the whole thing out. Ain't no So you can't take it out and put it back. And that's like we explained from the beginning Shlomo according to Rashi. Yehuda says, shall daka. And now we learn further in the Baisa that let's say the, the fine fluff that comes off of the off of the flax when you comb it, Ari Kazevel, that has the rule of manure, that is an insulation that adds heat. Furthermore, we learn a mecham is made out of made out of metal. Mecham agami mecham. You can put a pot on top of a pot, or an earthenware pot on top, on top of an earthenware pot, and we're going to learn like the Gears of Rashi, you can put an earthenware pot on top of a metal pot, or a metal pot on top of, a, of, a, of an earthenware pot, all these things to, just to hold the heat in, 
and you can also and you can also cover the top of the pot with dough that you made before Shabbos. Not in order for them to get hot, only that they should keep the heat. And this obviously is not a problem in Hadmana. The same way, and the Baisa says, in the same way that we're not allowed to insulate hot, you know, no, it's to keep things hot, so we're not allowed to insulate the cool to keep cool. But we said, but Rebbe says the opposite opinion that you are allowed to insulate so the cool, cold to keep it cold. Furthermore, we learned a whole different din. You're not, you're not allowed to crush snow, or sleet, on Shabbos. You're not allowed to crush snow or sleet on Shabbos in order to, uh, what I say, sleet, snow or hail. You're not allowed to crush snow or hail in order for the, for, in order for the, for the water to uh, flow out of it. Uh, the reason being, Rashi says, that's an Isra of the rabbis called no, called molid. Since it's like you're making something new, like creating something new, it's like you're doing a malacha on Shabbos. You're creating this water, so to speak. But, but you can put it, you can put the, this snow or the hail into a cup, for example, of wine, or into, or into a bowl, you don't have to worry about it, because there, since you're not, since you're not actively squeezing the water out, there's no prohibition of the rabbis. The Mishnah says, now we're gonna, we we know that we have an obligation to rest our animals on Shabbos. We can argue whether it's a, whether it's a lo tase or an ase, but certainly a person has, has an obligation to rest his animal on Shabbos. And just like I can't carry things on Shabbos out to the public domain, private to public, etc., so too the animal cannot. And just like a human being, where, where a, a garment or an accoutrement is not called a bird, is not called carrying, also by the animal, things that protect the animal, according to Rashi, are called the same thing as an accoutrement and adornment. Things that protect the animal or help us to control the animal. Take care of it. All those things are not considered a masoy, a burden, and it's not considered for the animal carrying. So you have to determine those things that are not superfluous to the animal, the things that the animal needs to take care of itself. The animal, those things, the animal can go out with. Otherwise, they can't. The animal's carrying. We can't let the animal carry on Shabbos. So we learn what is an animal allowed to go out with into the public domain from the private on Shabbos or or what can it carry in the public domain? From what can it go out on Shabbos? So a regular camel can go out with a, with a, a halter that goes that's a, that's a, 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 around its mouth. The naka, and we're going to see we're going to see what this is in a minute. The chatam, the naka can go out with a with a chatam. We're going to we're going to explain all these things in one minute. You know, I'm just going to say what it is, and we'll explain. Even though the Gemara explains it, so the camel can go out with a halter. The naka is a, is a apparently it's a one hump camel. And and it's wilder. We're going to see a, a female one. It's wilder. Bechatim. It goes out with the nose ring. Luvtikim. Okay, and a a, a luv a donkey, which is also kind of feisty, berpumbia uh, with a metal bit. Vesus bishir, and and the horse goes out with a uh, with a collar. And all things that that wear collars, uh, they go out. They can go out with the rope collar into the public domain with the collar. And they also can be, and they can also. We're going to see what that means. They're also drawn by the collar. We'll discuss later. And also those collars, when they, if they become tummy and they need, for example, let's say the tummy mace, they need to be sprinkled the third and the seventh day with the water with the ashes with the ashes of the paraduma. Or, and they and, and, and they be able to sprinkle them on the third and seventh day while they're on the while they're on the animal. And also, if they need tefillah, we're able to just put the whole animal into the mikvah and tov them. Obviously, they're loose enough so the water gets everywhere around them. Gemara says, "My nakka b'chatam." What does it mean nakka b'chatam? So it's the way we we translate it. Want to know what? What's a nakka? What's a chatam? 
Amrabachani says, Naksa Chivarte, so it's talking about this one a female one hump camel that's white. They're apparently very feisty. Okay, Bismama de Parzala, and it's talking about a nose ring made out of iron. In other words, they, they, that, that they need a lot of control. We said this the Luftim, this Luvian donkey with the with a metal bit. Amar Ravuna, he says, Chamra Luba, that is a that is a Luvian donkey. It's with a bit that is um, that is made out of iron. Levi shot the Zuzi Lebi Levi sent money to the people of Chazoi, Lemizbin Le Chamra Luba. They want them to go to all the way to Luba, to Luba, and to buy him this Luvian donkey. They're apparently very strong. I don't know, whatever. They're very good. Saru, so they, they, what they did is they bound up the money with Shadulay Sari. They they bound up the money and sent back the money also with with apparently with some with the uh, grains of barley bound into it. because they wanted to tell him what that the steps of a donkey are based on the on the are based on the uh, barley. They wanted to tell him, listen, it takes six months to go to go all the way over there and to get the, and to get that that donkey. You just you to get a regular donkey and just feed it barley. You feed it good barley, it'll do a good job. Don't you know? It's too far. They told us that in front of Rebbe, they asked, what happened if I reverse the various accoutrements that we're using to control the animal from one animal to another? In other words, what if, what if we, for example, what if we, example, for the donkey, which only, which for the camel, which we said needed a regular halter, instead we put a note, we, we take it out with a nose ring, a much more powerful control, or the opposite way, for the, for the white one-humped camel, uh, that really needs a lot of control. We sent it out with a regular old halter. Okay, so the Gemara so they asked like this. So he said, answered them back. He said, well, slow down." He said, "They asked, what's the noise? What's the problem? Because maybe if you don't use the proper accoutrement, it'll be considered a burden. It's not the proper one that needs. It's just carrying something, and it'll be forbidden to go out on Shabbos." So he answered. So he Rebbe said back to him. He said, "Look, half of the question he's answering. The question of the, on the of, say, of taking out the very feisty white uh, one humped female uh, camel." Um, to put it out with a halter, which doesn't really do a job, there's no question. Why came to Lamanatra Bay? Since it's not guarded with it, Masoyu, that's clearly a burden. It doesn't do its job, it's just carrying it. That's all it is, it's nothing. Okay, Kidabayalach, when do you have a valid question? It's here, Gamo Bachatamai. What's the rule by, uh, by a camel, a regular camel with a nose ring? Because there it certainly can control it. You know what I'm saying? It's just over control, but it certainly does the job. My, what's the law? Came in the Sagaliabab says, since, since a regular halter is enough, Okay, Masahu. So we'll say that the, that the metal nose ring is just is just a burden. He doesn't need it. It's overkill. Aldilmi says no. We don't say that overkill, that extra extra control is a burden. Because it's still it is doing its job. It's just overdoing it. But to, to, therefore he said that, that he says is a valid query. To ask when you over control, is that considered a burden? Under control is for certain a burden. Over control, which is actually doing a job, is just doing it's just doing it better than it needs to be done, that we can argue whether it's a burden or not. Omar Lafano, so in front of Rebbe, what happened? Rishwabi Yossi, again, Rishwabi Yossi spoke up and he said, Abba, this is what my father said, this is what dad said, this is what father said, his Rebbe, Rebbe Yossi, whoever we looked up to as we saw. So he said a very interesting statement. He said, Four animals go out with a halter. Hasus, the, the donkey, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, parrot, Vagamo, uh, Vachamar. Um, what's a parrot? Yes. Uh, and and the gomo and the chamar, and the mule maybe, the 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 horse, the mule, 
the donkey, the camel, and the donkey. Now, I want to show, I want to explain right before we do it. We're going to see one second. We're going to see what he says. Uh, you know, whenever you give a list, of course, we can make inferences at least to, to, and say, oh, exactly what it said is what it meant. So it said four things go out with a harness. It means what? These four animals, but no other animal can go out with a harness. Or I say, no, these four animals go out with a harness, but they can't go out with a different with a different restraint. You understand? You can make two different inferences. One, these animals and only these animals with a harness. Or what? These animals with a harness, but only with a harness. So Lemuti Mai, what, what are you coming to exclude? Love. So the first reading is what? Love Lemuti, a, a guy isn't it coming to say what? Oh, look, these four animals, these four animals, these four animals can go out only with a harness. But so a camel can go out with a harness, but not, but but it's coming to exclude not a camel, bechatam, not a camel with a nose ring. So you see what? It's exactly the point. The Rabbi Yossi was saying, the Rabbi Yossi was saying that overkill is is considered is considered a burden. Then you can't go out with it because they're learning what these four animals with a harness, but not these four animals with a nose ring. Tamar says no, eh, no. That's he says. Rabbi says back. He says I'm sorry. That is not a proof, even for Rabbi Yossi. He said it doesn't prove it. Why? Lamuti naka ba I'm sorry. It could be the other way. Somebody coming to say no. These four animals can go out with, with with these four these four animals can go out um these four animals can go out with a harness, but not other animals with the harness. I.e. what is coming to exclude it's excluding the it's excluding the white female uh, one humped camel that she can't go out with a harness. Why? Because since it's since it doesn't do its job, it's a burden, and therefore the query remains in place. When it's overkill, we don't know. When it's over controlling, it does more than it needs to. We don't know whether it's considered a burden or not. We learned that a we learned that a, that the uh, the the that the very feisty uh, donkey from Louvre and the gamel and the camel yotzimafsa they go out with the harness. Now the Gemara is proposed like this: that the argument of whether over control is considered a burden or not is really a machlokas tanaim. Why? Because we learned in the Brisa, besugar. Okay, a, a a wild animal, something wild, like okay, can't go out with a with a uh, a collar, uh, a string collar. Hanani says no, a wild animal can go out with a collar. And anything that anything that guards it. So now the Gemara says, one second, what are we talking about? Let's take a look. But my asking, what are, what are they discussing? If you're talking about a big wild animal like a bear, is a, is a rope collar going to stop it? That, that's obviously that's obviously not good enough. That can't be. That's clearly a burden. So the first opinion must be saying what it's talking about a little wild animal, for example, like weasels or things like that. Okay, milo sagula sugar. So then what he says. Is there any question that a, that a rope collar is not good enough? So who who need, who need, who needs to even tell me such a thing? What's a chiddush of telling me that an animal can go out? A big animal, if obviously it's no good, and a little animal, it's so obvious that we has to tell me. Elulav, what is what? So what is the Tanakhama telling me? Chasuli kaminayu is no argument about something like a cat. That that, that what that a, a cat is uh, a, a, a cat that it doesn't even need a rope collar. The truth is what because. Because it doesn't really want to get away. But Tanakama Sabar and the and the opening opinion holds what came in the Sagale Bemisna. Since uh, since a little rope is enough, and that's all you need, Bimasugabama, since you just need a little string, okay, to control it. Masoyhu. So therefore a rope collar is 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 a burden. So that's the first opinion that overkill is a burden. Khananya Sabar and Khananya believes what? Kolnatiusu Yaserto, any over control, we don't consider it a burden because it's doing its job. 
Aravuna, and therefore, and, and we accept this. Aravuna Baravchia, Amar Shmuel says he says halacha kachananya. The halacha actually follows kachananya. Therefore, over control is not considered a bird as long as it's doing the job of controlling the animal. Uh, then is not considered a burden. Levi braid Ravuna Barchia, Rabbi Ravuna have a burcha. Levi, the rabbi Levi Bar, these two rabbis were going along the way. And the greater rabbi was Rabbi Bar Ravuna. What happened? So the, the donkey of Levi went ahead of the donkey of Rabbi Ravuna. And uh, what Chalash Daiti, the Rabbi Ravuna, Rabbi Ravuna was insulted. He felt bad because it looked like it looked like he thought that Levi doesn't uh, doesn't honor him. He went ahead of him purposely. Omar, so Levi said to himself, he said, "Listen, Emile Milsa, let me say something to him. Let me say something that'll make him feel better. He'll understand that I didn't purposely go in front of him." So he said to him, he asked him a question. He said, he said, You have a camel that's so unruly like my cat, like, pardon me, you have a donkey that's so unruly like my donkey. It's just a rebellious donkey. Are you allowed to take it out with a, with a metal bit on Shabbos? Okay, which is, which is, no, is that considered overdone or not? Amarle, he said to him, This is what your own father said in the name of Shmuel. Where we learned, like we just said, that even over control, as long as it's doing its job of an animal, is not considered a burden on Shabbos, and you're allowed, and the animal's allowed to go out. Thank you very much, Rabosai. Have a wonderful morning.